welcome to another edition of the City Business Festival. All through the month of June, we'll be bringing you interesting insights that can help you boost your business um, as part of the festival. And this week, we are focusing on investment in Ghana, the Ghana opportunity. And we have with us none other than the man whose job it is to bring investments to Ghana, whose company that he works for basically is backed by law to attract investments to the country. And we have the CEO of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, Mr. Yofi Grant. Hello, sir. It's good to have you on the show. Good morning. and Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's really my yeah. pleasure to be on the show. I wish the viewers could see how sharp you're looking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure, as usual, you are globetrotting, trying to get us some investments. Where are you now and what are you up to? Well, I, I am actually in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, with the president at the Africa CEO Conference which is a platform that brings together um, African private sector uh, CEOs and uh, government officials. Um, uh, and it's, it's quite a commendable gathering. Um, at least all the who in who in Africa is here. Mm. So how much are you looking at bringing from when you're done with that program? Well, it's <laughs> like, like <laughs> I saying, uh, the investment business is not like you go to a shop and then pick what you want, pay for it and walk out. It's a, a process of uh, attraction, um, then facilitation, and then aftercare, onboarding, and then, you know, ensuring that you have a, a sustainable relationship. And that takes time. So the, the, the important thing is that you meet people here who might be interested in an opportunity in Ghana. That's one. Secondly, you can get some other business people who do business in the region to be interested in investing in Ghana as well. Hmm. Uh, so there are two different categories of people that you, you try to engage. But beyond that is also the broader um, opportunity of where Ghana is and the, what the positives of Ghana and what it offers to the investor, the general investor, who then might want to take advantage of the opportunities are, that are there and build relationships. Hmm. I see. Now, I'm sure you... You are very familiar with the recent report from Fit Solutions that ranked Ghana as one of the best in terms of investment uh, countries to invest in in sub-Saharan Africa. I'm sure you are very excited by this information. Well, um, yes, it's good news, but excitement not quite because I've always known that that Ghana is probably one of the best places to invest in Africa. My excitement will come when I actually see those investments happen and um, uh, see the partnerships and linkages for trade that will come thereof. That's the better excitement that we seek. And I dare say that um, that is where we are aiming um, to get to. So we, we are at least um, happy that that recognition is given. But the excitement mm -hmm. when we actually do see um, the businesses actually engaging and growing out of investment, foreign direct investment. All right. Since you are the pro when it comes to investing in Ghana, help us understand how well is Ghana doing in terms of achieving its targets and investments? Well, we, we are doing um, relatively well. And that is why we got the recognition of being one of the best places to invest in. Um, the interesting thing is that Ghana itself, uh, and I keep saying that if I were not Ghanaian and I was looking across the landscape of Africa, I would think that God lives in Ghana. <laughs> Um, first of all, here's a country that is in the center of the world. Uh, we are the only country on latitude zero, longitude zero. So we technically are in the center of the world. And we have a 360 view 
of how we should engage with the world. And that is why we engage with, I mean, partners from all over the place. Um, mm. But also we recognize um, certain freedoms and rights and we are very particular about um, improving the comforts of life, no matter how hard it is, especially post-pandemic and, and all other external factors which are affecting our economy. So those are the important things. We are in the center of the world. We are English-speaking. We are plumb right in the center of West Africa. Um, but beyond that, we have certain um, positives which have resonated pretty well, both historically and current. I mean, Ghana being the first country to gain Sub-Saharan Africa um, independence in Sub-Saharan Africa, and itself is a pedigree that is worth you know, flashing out that, hey, this is a country that's on the go. It's a country that many years ago um, didn't just accept what was the status quo, but took a step forward. And many years after, um, I'm happy to say that Ghana once again is in the spearhead of the whole idea of African economic and financial emancipation. Um, and that has, because Ghana's active engagement in that whole um, in conversation and equation, um, we have the headquarters of the AFCFTA here, which means Ghana is um, practically in the driving seat of African industrialization and upping up and bumping up intra-Africa trade, which is very important in changing the fortunes of the continent. So that's uh, the second layer. The third layer is that this is a country that is opportunity rich. Um, and I say God lives here because almost every important mineral resource you can think of um, has a bit in Ghana. From lithium, which we uh, we recently have seen at the Ewoyim, is that the name of the place where there is um, um, a company, Atlantic Lithium, prospecting to see if I mean we can get commercial quantities of lithium. And Africa and Ghana might be the biggest uh, exporter of lithium with estimated two million tons annually. So that itself is important. Then, of course, we are oil and gas. We are currently doing. Um, a little bit shy of 150,000 barrels per day, but we have the potential to bump it up to some 500,000 barrels a day, um, which and then move on uh, with further prospecting because we haven't actually scratched the potential of oil and gas in Ghana. And of course, the oil itself is there, but the gas is becoming much more important uh, for energy and for fertilizer and for plastics and industrialization. So once we get to that point where we can exploit these resources, then we know that we are going to have a, a big tip upwards. But beyond that, Ghana has significant you know, deposits of bauxite and the end result of bauxite, which is aluminium. Is very critical for any developing economy. For the automotive industry, where Ghana is taking the lead um, in trying to set up uh, an automotive industry and um, uh, enclave in Ghana, um, to the housing industry. So, aluminum is also very important for construction. Um, it's also important for many other things, for industry. And so we have bauxite, but what we need to do is to convert it to alumina, refine it to alumina, and then process it to aluminium. And then, of course, we have iron ore um, in the north mm -hmm. and many other places. Now, iron ore is important for industrialization. And once we have manganese, we have coal, we can join these things to create steel. Steel, as you know, has always been the foundation of industry. And um, if you look at the history of Europe, it was the rural coal fields and the other iron fields that brought about the real industrialization push in Europe. Not only in Europe, but in America. So Ghana <laughs> is well on that track. Now beyond that, we have about 60% of our land mass being virtual agricultural. 
And therefore, we have absolutely no reason but to ensure that we have food security by tilling the land. And that is why we've had all these very important policies. Now, the fourth bit is that despite all these mineral resources, and I haven't even mentioned the others, timber, diamonds, you know, ornamental um, minerals, etc., and salt, beyond all that is the issue that Ghana is, is actually changing the narrative in Africa. And we are changing it through policy and, um, and many other, you know, um, initiatives. I mean, I, I always try to tell the Ghana story um, with three letters, the three O's, opportunity, openness, and optimism. I've just spoken about the opportunity that mm -hmm. we are minerals resource rich, we are land rich. And even in, in comparison to the sub-region, when we look at human capital, we seem to have an edge. And, uh, and what has happened over the past few years is that policy directions have been set to actually transform the economy from what it was before, where we were just exporting our raw materials and resources, and we didn't, didn't look like we needed a high-caliber you know, human capital to do that. And so um, what has happened is over the recent years, through policy initiatives, we've set in um, a policy of senior high school, free senior high school education, in fact, quality free senior high school education. What is that going to do? It's going to produce a cater of better healed, better educated young Ghanaians who can then take advantage of the opportunities out there and then create a bigger economy. You can well imagine that if the free senior high school program hadn't come every year, our education pipeline was throwing out um, over 100,000 young people at the ages of 13 and 14 who at that level, at that age, didn't even have the maturity to be able to decide for themselves. They didn't have the wherewithal and the sense of maturity to decide themselves where the future was going. Um, and it was like, well, that's it for you. Many of them couldn't go back to school to improve their education because either they didn't have the money to pay or they just fell off and didn't have recourse into getting back. And yeah, many we, we do understand that these are very tough times and we'll be hoping to understand what your outfit is also doing to help despite the global economic challenge okay. helping to drive traffic here in ghana to help okay. us uh take a, or harness the various investment opportunities here in the country but you are still listening to 97.3 this is the city business festival on air series and we are speaking to mr yofi grants the ceo of the ghana investment promotion center gipc and from how he speaks you can see he's clearly passionate about driving investments to the country and we are hoping to understand the various opportunities that are available that investors can take advantage of and mr yofi you've mentioned a lot of the policies that our government is putting in place you mentioned the um, the various sectors that have yes, potential opportunities Yes, but tell us which areas are actually attracting more uh, investments as we speak. Okay, well, I, I spoke of three O's, but I, I described two of them, opportunities, okay. openness. Now, the third one is optimism. And okay. I think it's important to highlight on that because mm. uh, very often people don't understand um, the mm. relativity of that. No, okay. um, optimism is very key. And mm. as you know, between 2017 and 2019, mm. Ghana's economy growth suddenly to become one of the fastest growing economies in the world with an average growth rate of 7%. And even during COVID, when many countries, many, many countries were in recession, Ghana was one of the very few countries that had positive economic growth. Mm -hmm. And even post that time, in 2021, 
when many countries were still riling from the effects of the pandemic. And now, you know, uh, what has happened, this conflict has come in and further dampening economic growth. Ghana's economy grew at 5.4%. Mm-hmm. And the World Bank and IMF have projected that it will grow at an average of 5.2% in the next three years and above. So it's not all gloomy as it's been made to see. To see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty attractive. And, and, and we're optimistic. And that's why I say the stories of the three O's. We are very optimistic that if we stay the course, we'll get where we are going. Now, you spoke about, so what is the attraction um, for Ghana? When you put all these together in a matrix of factors, that's what the average investor wants to see. A place that is politically stable, a growing economy, despite all the ravages of um, of the war and the pandemic, uh, an optimistic people who are very clear and have a game plan that they could execute. Those are the factors that before they even look at the real ground opportunities investors want to see. When they see that, then they are confident that at least this is a country that we understand. We understand the risks, therefore we can go in. And Ghana, as I said, is resource rich. But currently, we're seeing quite um, um, a groundswell of uh, investors looking at the services sector. And it's, it's important to understand why. Most of people who come to Ghana see, compare Ghana to the sub-region. And, mm. and, and it's safe. It's livable. Um, it's uh, very accommodating. Our people are very accommodating. We are happy mm. people. And we have 365 days of sunshine, never mind the occasional rain, um, you know, storm that happens. Um, And uh, we have reasonably educated people. We're making the effort to educate more people. So those are the things that an investor would like to see, predictability within the environment. Mm. And so we're seeing quite a significant amount of them come into the services sector. But more recently, we're seeing some of them come into the industrial sector and uh, setting up um, small production um, um, units in partnerships with Ghanaian. At GIPC, our desire is that when we bring in uh, foreign direct investors, they actually partner with indigenous investors. Mm. Um, and we are, more, uh, we are more inclined to believe that we should have um, local businesses implant themselves in the global value chains of most of these foreign direct investors because that's where the real money is. Yeah. when you are implanted in the in the value chain. Um, mm. So services, and then that is why services seem to be growing. Services, um, logistics, and, and those are the things that we should plant ourselves in, realizing that there is a death of capital in this country. Um, and therefore, a lot of people, great entrepreneurs, who do mm. not have the capital to start their business, but they can partner and implant themselves into the global value chains of these foreign direct investors. And so we are even looking that as we are constantly reforming our laws, we better apply incentives to foreign direct investors who partner with Ghanaians um, to create their um, their businesses, and also those who enable us to uh, enable us to achieve the SDGs in the faster um, framework than we do. And sure. to enable us to do that, the government itself came up with a, a framework called the Ghana Cares Tampa Framework. Mm-hmm. COVID alleviation and revitalization of enterprises support program. And what this program has done, it's it's in two phases. The first phase was to ensure uh, COVID alleviation uh, measures. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, that's when the campus and all the other programs of government intervention, um, helping people, feeding people on the streets, making sure that uh, livelihoods were not lost 
by energizing industries to go out there. And that's how come we rejigged our beverages industry to start producing, you know, some of the med- some of the things that we required to help us deal with the pandemic and, um, and all that. So interesting stuff there. Um, we have to go for a quick commercial break. You're still listening to the City Business Festival on SCVs on 97.3 City FM. We are talking to Mr. Yofi Grant, the CEO of Ghana Investment Promotion Center, helping us understand the Ghana opportunity and the various sectors one investors can look into if they are seeking to bring their money into the country. Please don't forget that the 2022 edition of the City Business Festival is mainly sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Momo, MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, IT Consortium, and Getsal. We'll go for a quick break and we'll bring you more right after. Please stay. The entire month of June has been dedicated to business on City TV and 97.3 City FM. The City Business Festival will give entrepreneurs, SMEs, and individuals the needed insights and knowledge to advance their businesses. Join the weekly business forums every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on City TV for discussions on various thematic areas each week, beginning with Week 1, Reimagining the Digital Economy. Week 2, Resetting your SME after COVID-19. Week 3, the Ghana Opportunity. Week 4, Consumer Market. Week 5, Agribusiness. Also, tune in every weekday morning for the City Business Festival on air series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart, grow, improve, strengthen, and expand your business. There will be a lesson for every business with the City Business Festival this June only on City TV, 97.3 3CD FM and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival proudly sponsored by APSA Bank and supported by MTN Momo, MTN Business, IT Consortium, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center and Gersol. You're still listening to 97.3 City FM. This is the City Business Festival on air series. My name is Michael Obudu. This year's edition of the City Business Festival is sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Mumu and MTN Business Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, IT Consortium. And guess what? If you're just tuning in, we are talking to Mr. Yofi Grant, the CEO of GIPC, who is telling us about the investment opportunities in Ghana. And if you've been listening all through the week, I'm sure you've had some great information on um, um, that can help your business, that can help you see opportunities in the country, that can help you also revolutionize your business. Now, Mr. Yofi Grant is explaining to us the various opportunities in Ghana. You've spoken about policies. You've spoken about opportunities. You mentioned that the service industry is driving good traffic. Investment is going there. But tell us about the industrialization. But you, We know that industries can help us employ a significant number of people. So what are you doing to drive traffic in that area? Or what opportunities are there that you're looking to harness? Right, okay. I was actually going to explain a, the, uh, a certain um, trajectory that the Ghana Cares program does. Okay. But when I do that, it'll tell you why um, industrialization is important. Okay. Uh, but also, um, bear in mind that we also want as many Ghanaians to go into industrialization. It's just okay. not for this. The Ghanaians take advantage of the mm. one, one factory policy. And as I speak, 107 new factories and some old rehabilitation, rehabilitated ones are in production, which obviously is better than having none at all. 
So the mm. policy has worked quite well. Uh, the intention is that we shouldn't just have one factory in each district. Mm. We should have one, 10, 20 factories in each district, mm. uh, but creating a better infrastructure to connect them. Now, I did mention a bit about the Ghana case. Now, the Ghana case itself identified certain areas for investment that will enable our economy build back better. Mm. Uh, I'll just go through them briefly. First of all, there's infrastructure. Infrastructure is important because if we build all these factories, we get agriculture going, we need to connect them. Mm. We need to connect them that there is access from factory gates to market, there's access from farm gate to market. There's the logistics in between to bring about security of the food, storage, hauling, and all that. And that is why government had in plan to put in over seven, uh, sorry, 4,007 kilometers of new railway lines and over 100, uh, sorry, over 11,000 um, mm. kilometers of roads to connect all these areas and connect all mm. these economies. Uh, but that is not enough. The other side where government is putting a bit of effort and support to the Ghana case program is agriculture and agro-processing. And I did mention that that is important, first of all, to bring food security, um, but also to create an exportable economy out of agriculture. And as I speak, I mean, I've been going through a number of countries. I know there is very significant interest from the UAE and the GCC um, you know, sector that's um, from Saudi Arabia right now through to Qatar, to Bahrain, and all that, where they're looking at Ghana fruits and Ghana mm. fresh foods into that market. And now uh, we've had engaged with quite a number of potential investors who are very key and clear also in that whole um, value chain. Um, some have even requested if they can have access to large tracts of land so they can actually do contract farming, that is, get Ghanaian farmers to plant the products that they want purely for export for those markets. Already, we, we've seen some Ghanaian comp some companies that started in Ghana go global, like mm -hmm. Blue Skies. Um, yeah. We've seen Nix Coco. Um, we've seen um, some companies, some that started from Switzerland, have been drying fruit for export and becoming um, very important to the economy. So those are the important things in the agri sector. Then, of course, there's housing and construction in the real estate sector. And the pandemic um, taught us that it was important to have a, a very strong social structure that is built on the architecture of society. And people needed to be housed because that was also important in, you know, um, curtailing any effects that can come from any pandemic that may come about again. When there are people on the streets, it's very difficult to help them and control them. But when they are housed, it's very important. So government has put a lot of emphasis on social housing and looking for investors into that aspect of um, our, our communities to, um, to build up social housing so that people are housed. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you everybody will own a home, but everybody mm. should have a home. Mm. You know, so that is another layer that is there. Then, of mm. course, technology and fintech. And technology and fintech, because clearly, I mean, we all know that Ghana is on a very fast trajectory when it comes to the use of fintech in our financial sector. I was very surprised that um, transactions in fintech had topped almost 1 trillion cities. That's approximately $120 billion by the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. 
That is significant. In fact, Ghana has been listed as the third largest user of fintech after China, after Kenya, comes Ghana. That's globally. So that's very important for us. And so the fintech area is another area where um, there are potential investors looking at. I mean, I have had to review um, at least three requests to build data centers in Ghana um, mm. for various reasons that they think Ghana is the best place to position these data centers to serve Africa. And also recognizing that cryptocurrency and digital currencies are the thing of the future. And they will, we will definitely get there. It's not a question of will we ever, we will get there. The question is when. And so the important thing is to prepare. I mean, I'm sure you'd be surprised to know that Bank of Ghana, our central bank, is already trying out um, our own digital currency, the ECD. Yeah, the ECD. Especially also, they've tried it and it seems to be working fine. And very soon they're going to, that is how we're engaging into the global economy on a digital platform. So that's another. Then of course, health, health is very important. And the pandemic once again, uh, highlighted the shortfalls that we have um, in meeting mm -hmm. our health needs. And so government came out with a program, Agenda 111, uh, which is to build 111 uh, medical facilities and health facilities across the country um, and, and make sure that there's access to um, healthcare as and when it's required. Um, so that should any pandemic or any such thing occur again, we'll be better prepared as a country. So those are some of the areas that are, are clearly in the focus mm -hmm. of government. But what mm -hmm. government is trying to do is to ensure um, the, the role of private sector in this um, whole agenda. And so the, the Ghana Cares program was, um, came with a, an envelope of 100 billion um, cities, of which governments will supply 30 billion cities, and the private sector and investment will bring in the other 70 billion cities. And that means that we need to really ratchet up you know, uh, efforts in bringing in investors, both uh, investors to partner with the local economy. Like I said, I, we recognize that the local economy itself is really strained and stressed for capital. And therefore, it's important that we bring in investments for partnerships and linkages. Um, hmm. It's very important that we connect those dots, that when <clears throat> investors come in, they partner with local people, because that is what is going to make us achieve some of the objectives that we have. And we also, we use that as a, as a, a track into uplifting our game as business people in, in, in the economy and creates great businesses. Um, the thing is, at the end of the day, you want Ghanaians to create wealth among themselves. Yeah. And so you, you just don't want us to be consumers of foreign goods. You want us to also mm -hmm. produce our own goods and export them. And with the current market of the AFCFTA, we have a huge opportunity a huge opportunity. Even the small, medium-sized uh, producer would have an access to have access to markets in Africa tariff-free. That, that's true. Now you've spoken about the fact that the government is looking to drive investment to the agricultural sector, infrastructure, healthcare, and the likes. But I want to find out. You've also mentioned about the, the AFCFTA. Is there any deliberate plan to, for instance, um, attract investment from the sub-region as the after-tax effect? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you must also look at the economic history of Africa. Now, this is a continent with a, a population of 1.3 billion people um, with a combined GDP of some 3.4 trillion. Mm. But if you look at the resources of Africa, the continent is potentially extremely rich, but its people are significantly poor. That means we haven't monetized our opportunities very well. 
And therefore, the, 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 the groundswell of capital that you would expect from the continent for investment in itself um, has been found wanting. If you look at intra-Africa investment, um, it's somewhere around 5%. And that has, is why intra-Africa trade uh, prior to after has been um, a little short of 16%. If you compare mm-hmm. it to Europe, Asia, and all, they are way above the 60s. So we ourselves don't even trade with ourselves. And, and, and that's been a bit of a stumbling block in creating wealth on the continent. Uh, mm-hmm. We have the resources, we export those resources, and then we import finished goods out of those resources. That cannot be a formula for wealth creation. We can't. I'm, sh- I'm sure your outfit will figure a way around it to drive more traffic towards it. Absolutely. absolutely. I want to have- find out from you. You've spoken about the one district, one factory. Can you help us understand um, how what's been the success rates with attracting foreign direct investments for uh, that program and which specific sectors would you see have benefited from the investments? Well, you, you see, like I said, when we started talking about the one industry, one factory policy, um, it, it's important to realize that it was made to try and stimulate and energize local investments, right? So, I mean, the indigenous investments um, with government, a bit of government support. Uh, these were not programs that government was going to do purely private sector with government support and having um, 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 energize all the banks to support those programs so that local people can engage in it. But we are seeing quite a number of foreign investors coming to take advantage of it. um, And it's all manufacturing or value addition. We are seeing some in the agri sector. We are seeing some coming to the housing sector. Um, we are seeing some coming to the manufacture of small agricultural tools and, and uh, implements that can um, be useful in uh, bid to increase um, uh, our production and value addition in agriculture. So mm-hmm. we are seeing that. But um, obviously, it's a, I, I, for me, it's a major enabler of local enterprise that if we can get local people to engage significantly in the one dish one factory policy, then mm-hmm. we have um, we we are succeeding in um, changing the formula of our economy from just exporting our raw materials into value mm-hmm. addition. So far, significantly, at least out of the 107 factories that are there, majority of them are indigenous. Mm-hmm. Interesting but I also did mention to you that yeah. the problem with domestic investment is the fact that the capital lack of capital. Mm. We haven't formulated um, till recently. We haven't really enabled capital formation within our local industry. Mm. And we can go back through our history and track reasons why. There was a time when there seemed to be a conflict between government and private sector. And mm. so um, in, in the years of, uh, uh, of our political turbulence, we saw how private sector itself was decimated. Yeah. You know, but I think there's a, different, a totally different story today where government okay. is actually pushing and supporting private sector. I mean, there are many um, institutions set up to the NIEP, NEIP, um, mm. GE, and the Ghana Entrepreneurship Agency Authority. I mean, all these have been made to push private sector, Ghanaian private sector, to be mm. the forefront of our industrialization drive. All right. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but I have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. What would you say to investors who are concerned about the fact that um, inflation is at an all-time high in the country, lending rate is quite high, uh, there's a bit of an economic challenge in the country? 
at the moment, to some extent due to some uh, global uh, events. What would you no, say to investment? Significantly due to global events. It's not to some extent. Significantly. And if you, I've now been traveling and I've been going to places, the US has its highest inflation in over mm. 30 years. The UK has its highest inflation in well okay. over 40 years. Um, Canada has its highest inflation over 20 years. And mm. we're, see, we're seeing it as a trend, global trend. It's not just but, in Ghana. So despite all these challenges, why should investors bring their money to Ghana? Because you need to find a place where you can create wealth, you can create growth in your company. And in, mm -hmm. in most, I can tell you, in most of the developed countries, the returns you make are very limited, unlike mm -hmm. the African continent, where there's significant opportunity. Okay. And so the, the continent, and, and especially Ghana, gives you better return than most places. I can tell, give you some statistics, um, global statistics on FDI. Africa mm -hmm. returns highest at 6.5%, followed by Latin America before Asia. And so the African continent itself is a great opportunity for global investors. And I told you, a lot of global investors are redefining how they, they, they did their business. It's no mm -hmm. more um, the, the places where they were comfortable. They are looking for new markets. There's no bigger new market in the world than Africa. And so investors are looking at the continent. And in, in the continent of Ghana, there's no, uh, of Africa, sorry, there's no better place that most people would look to first before mm. going to than Ghana. So we, we should be proud of that and take advantage of it. No economy anywhere in the world today um, has had everything going well. Mm. A lot of economies, in fact, even the major, more stable, bigger economies are really riling under the, the effects of uh, post-pandemic effects and, and, the, and the conflict in, in Russia. But at oh, least yes. our economy is growing and it's still growing at one of the fastest rates in the world. That should tell you something. All right. So thank you so much. That was Mr. Yogi Grant hammering it down there that there's no other better place or country to invest in other than Ghana on the continent. Well, that will be all that time would allow us for this uh, today's edition of the City Business Festival on Air series, which is sponsored by Absa Bank with support from MTN Momo, MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC IT Consortium, and Gessa. You just heard there, Mr. Yofi Grant, helping us understand the Ghana opportunity. If you've missed out on any of our previous editions of the City Business Festival on Air series, please check out our SoundCloud account. You find the clips there. You can listen and stay up to speed. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for tuning in. Let's connect on Twitter at M Obudu. Thank you and bye-bye.